What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Another free agency pod. It's been a busy couple of weeks. I want to thank all of you loyal listeners for joining us for every one of our shows. I know you've listened to every one. 12 bonus podcasts plus the regu- regularly scheduled ones. You're going to hear from some guests. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. 12 and a half? What was the? 12 and a quarter, I guess. You remember the one we just did that I start, started over? <laughs> yes, this is take Adam, two. you have to hit the record button. Uh, this recording. is not a live hey, show. Hey, the answer the answer to your first question is Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Which free agent wide receiver has moved up the most in the rankings? That's where we're going to start. Everybody, I already did this one. Everybody said Curtis Samuel was basically the only wide receiver free agent who has moved up in the rankings, which is something. Except Chris also gave a little love to Corey Davis. Isn't that right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's the Jets, and you know we don't think anything good happens with the Jets, but... They lost Adam Gase. That's all I need to see. You know, look at history. But Corey Davis didn't lose Adam Gase. It's players who lose Adam Gase are better. Right, but mm-hmm. but <laughs> Sam Darnold or whomever is the starting quarterback did. So it's gonna it's gonna spread out to everyone. Okay, uh, draft Le'Veon Bell this year, folks. Dave, in that statement though, that <laughs> basically the free agent wide receivers they either like like uh, Allen Robinson and and Godwin they stayed put, but the changes weren't weren't great for these guys. Fuller to the Dolphins, Galladay to the Giants, um, McClure, or, sorry, Samuel to the to Washington. That was the best one. Uh, Corey Davis to the Jets. What am I forgetting here? Nelson Aguilar to the Patriots. Just wasn't wasn't great for these guys. Sure, John Brown to the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, there, there's minimal guys. So Emmanuel that, Sanders that actually, to the Bills. But that actually is interesting. Why didn't John Brown move up? He goes from John Brown didn't move up. But you asked who moved who which. Okay. which Free agent player moved up the most. Right. The most. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my bad. Okay, so John Brown moved up a little bit. All right, question I mean, he's number draftable. two. There's no question about it. Which wide receiver, which free agent wide receiver has moved down the most in the rankings? Hmm. Oh, yeah, let's go uh, Dave, Chris, Jamie. I don't know if Will Fuller technically moved down more than Kenny Galladay, and I'm really only thinking about the big guys. Uh, I mean, Nelson Aguilar was a flop going to New England, especially once all the tight ends that were free agents went to New England as well. I will say Aguilar is the one who who I wasn't really high on to begin with, and once he went to New England with Cam, a quarterback, ugh, don't really want him. Chris? Um, I, I think it's 
like Juju didn't move down because he stayed in the same spot and my expectations didn't change as a result of that, but he certainly lost the most value in my eyes from a, from a potential standpoint. Uh, if he had gone somewhere where he could have been, you know, either the number one or a one, a wide receiver, I think, um, you know, that would have been really good for him. And, you know, I guess technically he'll probably be the one B in Pittsburgh, the way he was last season, but I have very little faith in Ben Roethlisberger at this point. I think, you know, hopefully they try to rework their offense, but I definitely need to see it before I believe in it. And I currently have Juju outside of my top 36. Okay. Jamie, which wide receiver, free agent wide receiver moved down the most? <clears throat> um, probably Galladay, just because he was a top 20, inside top 20 for me. And he'll be outside the top 24. Not by much, but, um, you know, I'm curious to see how he's going to do with Daniel Jones, but I'm not overly excited about it. <laughs> why? I can't, can't imagine why. Okay, let's go over to running backs. Chris, Jamie, Dave, which free agent running back has moved up the most in the rankings? Chris? Sorry, my cat stepped <laughs> on the mute button. Yeah. This is you're getting a, a sense of what oh, every night of the fantasy the baseball today podcast is like. Uh, Chris Carson, like Juju Smith Schuster, didn't obviously his value didn't change, you know, because he's staying in the same place. But one, I think that's going to be a going back to Seattle is going to be a better situation for him in 2021 than it was last season, uh, because they are probably going to recommit to the run and get back to, you know, 2018, 2019 when he was an 18 carry per game guy. I don't think he's going to be that again, but. Uh, I, my f- initial run of projections moved him up to number 12 at running back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked about that on fantasy football today in five, which we already recorded. All right. So Chris Carson for you up to number 12, uh, Jamie, which running back has moved up the most in the rankings free agent. Mark Ingram can't be more excited <laughs> about him. Uh, it's Carson. I mean, you know, the fact that he stayed where he is, it's a great situation for him. Um, I wouldn't have been upset if he went to, you know, a situation that would have been on par. Uh, not that there were many, but, you know, the Falcons is one, for example. Um, Arizona would have been one. Uh, but, you know, staying in a spot where you know they're going to run the ball, they improved the offensive line so far. Uh, they still have Russell Wilson as of now. So hopefully uh, things are just as good, if not better, for Chris Carson. And Dave? And no Carlos Hyde, too. Yeah, no Carlos Hyde. He, got, he averaged uh, six and a half carries per game. It was eight games where both Hyde and Carson were healthy at the same time uh, and did not leave with injury. Six and a half carries per game. But it was kind of interesting. It was some games he had two carries, some games he had 15 carries. Weird. Uh, yeah. But six and a half is what it averaged out to. Dave, uh, which running back has moved up the most free agent in the in your rankings? Free agent running back. I think Carson's the answer. And even though Rashad Penny's still there, I think everybody's just going to give the benefit of the doubt to Carson. And it's great that he's still there. But I think Aaron Jones deserves a little bit of love, too. The fact that he stayed in Green Bay, yeah. didn't go to the Jets and and or the Dolphins, I think both of those spots could have been a little bit bad for him compared to Green Bay. No Jamal Williams, I think that's a good thing. I think that could yep. especially help his receiving numbers. We've talked about that in the last week and a half. I, I I think that he's also been a winner as far as running backs go in free agency. And now, whereas before he might not have been a surefire first round pick, now he is. I agree with that. Okay, so. Just quick pause here on the running backs. I'll ask you which free agent running back uh, fell the most in the rankings. But was there any scenario where these wide receivers could have gone somewhere and gained value? 
Hmm. Yeah, I think if Juju had signed, like like I said, if Juju had been you know a number one wide receiver, if he had gone to the Giants, I think he would have gained value. Even though I, I think you know Pittsburgh's a better offense than New York's, but uh, you know he'll he'll have a lot more competition for targets now, and I don't see much reason to think that his role is going to be much different than it was last season. And his role last season was often run four yards, stop, turn around, and face Ben Oh, it'll so definitely be different. Him. You know, we talked about this. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Definitely, well, it'd definitely be different, but how much? I think quite different. Well, Dave, let's go over the slot percentage from Juju Smith-Schuster. That's something to keep an eye on because his first three seasons, he was, what, about 60%? And last season, he was almost 100% in the slot. So yeah. hopefully it's gone up every year of his career. That too. might not change. And that's concerning. I'd like to, for him to be outside a little bit more, but this is a guy who has two 97 yard touchdown catches in his mm-hmm. career. And I think they used everyone wrong. And I think they know that that's why they changed offensive coordinators and they stunk last year offensively. I mean, even though they scored a lot of points, they just, it was a, it was a gimmicky garbage offense. They're not going to do that again. I, I think his role has to, Everybody's role has to change. Well, I mean, yeah, look, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't live up to expectations last year by far, but it's, it's really the middle number. Cause you'll take 97 and nine from anybody. Yeah. If you say that before the season and he's got that potential, he's got the potential to be 80 plus receptions. He's got the potential to be seven plus touchdowns. If he can get over a thousand yards, he's going to probably shatter what the expectations are for this season because everybody is downgrading him. And so you're going to get him at a better price and he's still so young and still has so much upside. And look, Roethlisberger was terrible last year. There, there's no doubt about it, but this defense took a big hit. He may have to throw the ball more like we saw in that playoff loss against Cleveland. And that's not a benefit to him or the offense, but it's a benefit to those receivers because those targets were through the roof. And so if, if, if we're talking about what the potential volume could be for all of these guys, that's a nice thing to step into their run game right now. looks like a joke. I like Benny Snell's upside, but I don't know if he's going to ever be good. I don't know what Anthony McFarlane's going to be. I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. That's still a big piece of this, obviously, but we don't know what it's going to look like, the final piece of the puzzle. And, and for whatever Roethlisberger is right now, he stepped into a situation with no offseason coming off an elbow injury that was, in some, mind, some people's minds, career-threatening. Maybe the full scope of playing through the season and hopefully getting a little bit more work in the offseason, and maybe that arm gets a little bit stronger. Maybe he can get another 10% back of what he had, or maybe 15% back, or who knows what. So I, I don't think Juju's a guy that you're looking at and saying, well, this is, this is encouraging, but that drives down the price, and then you get him at a better price, and then maybe he's better. All right, Jamie, Dave Heath, which free agent running back has moved down the most in the rankings? Stupid Kenyon Drake. <laughs> crushed everyone. All right, Kenyon Drake for Jamie, Dave. He's the anchor of the group. I mean, it doesn't even come close because people weren't really interested in Philip Lindsay or Mark Ingram. Now those guys are teammates. It's Drake. The only thing I hate more than John Gruden right now is Oral Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I can give you another one, although it could change, is James Conner. He doesn't even have a team yet. Yeah, it's true. Now, I, obviously, it's going to change. Someone's going to sign him, but do you really think he's going to land in a role at this point where he'll be a feature back? Uh, Chris, which free agent running back fell the most? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, I don't know if any of the actual free agents fell. I, I think we've seen, you know, I've moved Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, and uh, 
and Josh Jacobs, obviously down um, because of who signed there. I don't think, you know, Carlos Hyde and Malcolm you were Robinson Brown down. I did. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's mostly just James Robinson's not going to get 90% of the snaps. Every yeah. But I mean, you had to know that going in. Right. But when I was projecting him, I wasn't expecting like, I don't think Hyde's going to have a huge role, but I think he can probably get to 90 carries. I love that's Carlos a really Hyde small. That's a really small role. 90 yard, 90 carries. Like we're not going to care about Carlos. I, I don't Hyde, think but. you guys are actually saying different things personally. I just feel no, like Jamie, right. Jamie anticipated this and Chris sure. didn't make the adjustment until it happened. Right, right. I'm, I'm basically right? ranking based on what we know at, at the moment. And, okay. you know, yeah. what we knew then was James Robinson didn't have obvious competition. Now he has someone who can take 20% of the carries away. And that's a lot more than there was last year. So where is he, by the way, in your rankings? He's 15 still. He's, he's still fairly high. Jamie? James Robinson? Uh, I think I moved him like 12 or 13, but he was, okay. he was like 16, 15, 16 before this. Oh, so you because you were anticipating something worse. I was than anticipating Hyde. somebody good going there, not a you know thirty year old Carlos Hyde. Right, there's still a chance that somebody good could. Yeah, go absolutely, there. absolutely. But if this is if this is the best they do, thank you. Right. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, last question here: Who's the best sleeper right now? Brashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams of the Lions. I'm I'm going with guys whose teams. Who are you? Okay, you'll see. Mike Williams of the Chargers lost Hunter Henry. Way to start with the big names. <laughs> They're all sleepers. Jalen Rager of the Eagles. Rashad Perryman, Tyra Williams, Mike Rager, Williams. Rager, it's not even close. I don't know about Rager. that. It's not even close. He'll be the first one drafted of this group. I don't even know if Tyrell Williams and Rashad Perryman will get drafted. I Right. I think it's between Mike Williams and Jalen Rager. I think no, it's not even close. I mean, Mike Williams has proven he's a good player. You're, you're talking about, though, a, a first-round pick on a team that has nothing around him besides a tight end and a guy in Mike Williams who has at least, you know, an all-pro guy on his on his side. Yes, but he has a quarter. I mean, how many more yards is Justin Herbert going to throw for than Jalen Hurts? It but could that be, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to Mike Williams. It could you be know, we saw those younger receivers start to step up. Yeah, I— yeah. All right. And Jared Cook, let's not forget. Jared Cook, <laughs> yeah. He'll take some touchdowns. All right, so is everybody saying Rager? No, I'm going with Williams. Bam! <laughs> Which Williams? There's two. Mike Williams, sorry. Not not Tyrell. Maybe if Heath was on the show, like Adam keeps calling me, he would say Tyrell, but I will not. Pipe down, Scott White. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> I need to get your thoughts on something after I promote this. It is literally madness time in the sports world. The NCAA tor- tournament is in full swing. But you're diehard sports fans, which means you want to stay in the know with all the sports. That's where CBS Sports HQ is your streaming answer. Just think about what's on tap this week alone. You've got MLB spring training. You've got the NBA trade deadline, UFC 260, NFL free agency fallout, NFL draft coverage, golf picks, the U.S. men's national team. Oh, and obviously March Madness. We could go on, but you get it. Sports never sleeps. Neither does CBS Sports HQ. It's available on your computer, your phone via the CBS Sports app, your connected TV. Uh, I watch it. I, so whenever I'm doing chores, just pop on CBS Sports HQ. And with, that's a lot, by the way. Um, and if you live and breathe sports, I'd encourage you to watch it as well. CBS Sports HQ. All right, Jamie. So you got me at my lowest moment, my raw moment where the, the stupid Doug Peterson eliminated the Giants from the playoffs. And I came on and screamed about it. So this is fresh off Oral Roberts upsetting the University of Florida. How are you doing, Jamie? Oh, get 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 the bleep button ready. 
No, he's not. I know, man, they 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 struggled down the stretch. They had a uh, what nine point lead and they blew it. I mean, give Oral Roberts credit. They took down a two seed and then they beat Florida. Can we blame Doug Peterson for this? Is there any way? Is there <laughs> no, any connection? Doug, Doug, Doug Peterson had a great moment, great coaching moment in the fourth quarter there. Uh-huh. Why did they trap? They had that one possession where they trapped at half court and they left the guy wide open for three. They were doing. They've been doing that all season. Yeah, they like to play one three one. Okay. All right. Well, you shouldn't do that against a good three point shooting team, though. Well, this has been a really fun March. I'm not gonna say the word that begins with a T. The T word. <laughs> I don't know what you, I say. You mean tournament? Tournament. What do I say? Tournament. Tournament. All right. Tournament. It's been really fun. I, I mean, I like Illinois, obviously bracket buster, but it's been wild. Uh, trivia question: Name the player who just signed with the team that his father played for. NFL free agent signed with the team that his father played for. Brashad Perryman. Correct. Good job. <laughs> Twitter polls. All right, I asked you on Twitter. Half PPR, who are you taking first, Kenny Galladay or Chris Carson? What's your answer, guys? Galladay or Carson, half PPR? Carson. Yeah, Carson. Position scarcity. Correct. Carson, 55%. Galladay, 45%. I also asked, will Kenny Galladay be a top 20 PPR wide receiver this season? What's your answer? No. I don't have a rank that way, no. Nope. Well, everybody disagrees with you. Or 60% of the people disagreed with you. They have him top 20. From the comments I was seeing, it seems like people are okay with this move and uh, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and feel like they're going to get kind of a steal with Kenny Galladay. So I think people were, are going to be disappointed here. I think... Uh... I feel like the Stefan Diggs season is going to like get in people's heads. And like, if we end up to a point where like Kenny Galladay is being drafted higher this year than Stefan Diggs was last season, that would be a problem. Well, what do you think that was about 50, 55, something like that? Yeah. You don't think he should be a top 50 pick. I think it's more about where he's getting drafted at wide receiver. Cause I think they're going to be more, uh, running max drafted early this year. So it's going to be hard to make that comparison. Okay. Let me see if I can pull up where this is a good conversation. Let's see if I can find out where Stefan Diggs went. I remember I was kind of hands off on his Diggs. ADP was 65.02 at NFBC last year. NFC. I would definitely take, I would definitely take Galladay. I would take Galladay, Galladay that late. Yes, but he won't make it that far. No. What did you, what did you think about it? Jamie, Dave and I talked for 15 minutes about it earlier today. Oh, I mean, look, first, he's got to stay healthy. That's a big part of it. You know, injuries are, are you know, something you got to, I don't know, expect with him or just sort of build into what his, uh, you know, track record is a little bit. But, I mean, Matthew Stafford was a guy that threw him open, that put him in spots, you know, to, you know, go make a play. I don't know if Daniel Jones is at that point yet in his career or is this going to be the type of guy that helps him. Um, if Saquon's healthy, this is, you know, still an offense going to run through him. So, you know, the, the Giants needed this. This was a good signing on their part. You know, this is nothing about what the Giants did. Uh, they had to go get a number one. He, he profiles that way. You know, hopefully he delivers on that. But I just think for what he means to fantasy, this is a downgrade, you know. So I don't know if he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to go, you know, north of 1,100 yards. Um, he'll be good. I just don't think he'll be great. Okay, by the way, check out this run of picks on Fantasy Football Calculator last year, starting in the with the third pick of the sixth round. Stefan Diggs, Darren Waller, Deshaun Watson. Actually, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, D- 
DeAndre Swift, Diggs, Waller, Watson. <laughs> that was pretty wow. funny right there. Um, Chris, what do you think about this overall? For Galladay? Yeah. Um, I think he'll be the number one, but this is going to be an offense that probably spreads the ball around. It's all dependent on whether Daniel Jones can take a leap, uh, you know, kind of the first step, I think, towards being a good NFL quarterback. And Galladay should help him, but my expectation for Galladay isn't much different than what he was uh, in Detroit, except, you know, I, touchdowns, it's going to be somewhere between 2018 and 2019, 5 and 11. I'd be, you know, I definitely wouldn't project him to lead the NFL in, in touchdowns like he did in 2019. I'll give you guys a couple of stats that I gave out on the bonus pod we recorded early Sunday. One I think could encourage you about Galladay, one not so much. So everybody thinks this is a downgrade in offense. Two years ago, Kenny Galladay was a top 10 wide receiver. He had about 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, third in non-PPR, ninth in PPR. That year, the Giants and the Lions scored the exact same amount of points, and that was a Daniel Jones-led team. It was his rookie season. He did just as well as the Lions did last that year. Now, that was only eight games of Matthew Stafford, but those are the full-season numbers for Galladay on a team that scored as many points as the Giants did just two years ago. Last year, both teams had a bad offense. The Giants were 31st in scoring, but it was only two years ago when they were as good as the Lions, um, and he was a top-10 wide receiver. That, so yeah. that's encouraging. What I would point out is I think that Lions team had 64 more 54 more pass attempts and 16 more pass touchdowns well they Giants threw the ball a pretty decent amount that year um but okay so but that was two years ago now last uh, Daniel Jones threw yeah to last year that's what I mean sorry oh yeah no last year the Giants defense was was really good and they ran the ball a ton and they couldn't throw Daniel Jones this is a bad stat here he threw 11 touchdowns last year in 14 games. He threw 24 touchdowns in 2019. 13 of them came in three games against easy competition, Jets, Lions, Washington. So aside, in his career, aside from three great games, he has 22 touchdown passes in 25 starts. Well, what about the Tampa Bay game? He only threw he had, two touchdowns. I think he had two touchdowns. He had two rushing touchdowns. He rushing ran touchdowns, for right? a couple. Yeah, 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 he had two rushing yep. touchdowns. Um, so, so but after that game, man, a lot of people thought that that was the beginning of a big run for him. Yeah. Well, how much faith do you guys have in Daniel Jones? On a scale of zero to ten, on the faithometer, where, where are you at? Like a five, straight up, dead down the middle. I, I, I think if he had a good offensive line, and you can throw Kyle Rudolph in there for to protect him, I think if he had time to throw, he can make dime throws. We saw that at times last year, the year before that. Uh, I don't think he'll Trubisky it. If he's got time, he can make a good throw. And he can, he can I don't know if he can necessarily throw Kenny Galladay open, but he can throw him a, a pass that he can win on a contested catch. And I think the targets will be there to a decent degree, not necessarily over the top. I'd be surprised if he had 125 targets, 130 targets. But it, to me, the key is the offensive line first. Because if they can protect Daniel Jones, then he's not fumbling the ball all over the place when he gets hit. He can take a little half second extra to throw and, and be accurate. I think he'd have a fighting chance then, but I don't know if that offensive line can come through. Yeah, do we and think if it the can't come line, through? Do then, we think the offensive line's better? Right I now? think it is a chance to be better because it's young. How, how do you if, get, get if worse? You get coached than up, this. then maybe they, they'll have a chance to do a little bit of a better job. But that's step one, and then Jones is step two, and then if if it all works out, and if the defense isn't playing well, or if they're in a bunch of high scoring games, then Galladay could 
you know, hit the jackpot and have a big year statistically, but I'm thinking it's not going to happen. You can line up this team's skill players with most teams if they're right. I mean, Galladay has shown you that he could be a dominant receiver. Shepard's a great possession receiver. Slayton could be a good outside threat. Obviously, Barkley's shown you he could be one of the best running backs in football. Ingram, when he's catching the ball, has shown you he could be a great tight end. If Jones is right, there's going to be a lot of points scored on this team. But he has to show you that. He has to show you that for more than just a couple games. And so, you know, is Jason Garrett the guy to make that happen? Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll find out. But, you know, uh, as Dave said, the offensive line's got to, you know, hold up and, and hold up its end of the bargain. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it could be a fun team. But, you know, you got to make you got to let it play itself out first. So it's going to be a, a very interesting process. I like Daniel Jones going into last year. You know, I thought the the – the ceiling games that he showed you, you know, you hope that those would be a little yeah. bit more consistent, maybe not as high, but but obviously with a higher floor. And he just didn't deliver those. So, I feel like he had like four 30-point games in 2019, something like that. I think that. it was three. But yeah, was there, there so were, all or nothing, yeah. There, there, yeah. Were, there, there were big moments. And, and, you know, again, for a young quarterback, you hoped, okay, is he going to take the next step? And he took a huge step backwards. You know, so yeah. hopefully there is still a lot to like. And look, for, for Daniel Jones, I know this isn't really about him, but uh, what he does on the ground – you know, these yeah. are the type of quarterbacks that we look for, you know, so he can, he can, you know, be one of these guys that we're talking about midseason. that why didn't I take a late round pick on Daniel Jones? You know, why didn't I invest a little bit more in him? I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but again, he's got to prove it to you. Yeah. And I just think, you know, we talked about this. Sorry. I don't want to be repetitive from the bonus pod, but that's why I like doing these because we have so many analysts. We get to hear all these viewpoints. Galladay, it's it seems like the only player that could benefit from this is Daniel Jones. I mean, it can't be good for Shepard. It can't be good for Ingram, not to mention they signed Kyle Rudolph. I don't see anyone drafting Darius Slayton. It's probably not going to affect Saquon Barkley, unless you guys disagree with that, jump in. But Jones is really the only one that could really benefit from this. You know, it, no, this helps Barkley because now, you know, there's, there's threats. I mean, you know, if, if if they start to move the ball through the air and they start to show some consistency, you know, Saquon, his rookie season was, I, I, I think I remember writing this, like most most runs against stacked boxes since next-gen stats had been keeping that and most success against uh, eight-man boxes. You know, he was just so good as a rookie. But um, there's just, you know, you have to now worry about this receiving core. You have to worry about the threats. Uh, the Rudolph signing was weird from his standpoint because um, unless they're going to take Ingram off the field, he said the reason he didn't want to stay in Minnesota was he wanted more passing opportunities. Yeah. So I don't I don't understand this, you know, going to a team that has now all these weapons and a pass catching tight end. It's not like Ingram's going to stay in a block. Rudolph's the better blocker by far. Well, Dave it said, could cost Ingram playing time, though. Dave moved I'm sure Ingram, the coaches sure. have to be sick of what Ingram gave them last year. Yeah. Galladay can do a lot of what Ingram can yeah, do. Yeah, but they should have just, you know, hey, let's draft Kyle Pitts and move on that way. Uh, I mean, it's just so weird to pay him like an average of seven million dollars a year. If he up to that anyway for Kyle for a number two tight end, what are they, the Patriots? But uh, Dave, you move Ingram out of your top twelve, right? Yes, he is outside of my top twelve. I can't view him as as a startable fantasy tight end to begin the season. You want to draft him late and put him on your bench if you get the opportunity. Yeah, sure, maybe he's got a shot. But he he led the team in targets last year, had just over a hundred. I want to say one hundred nine targets, something like that. There's no way he's getting there this year if Galladay plays 16 games. Jamie, you have him 17th. Is that updated? Uh, that's not updated, but that was before the signing, so I wasn't in on Evan Ingram to begin with. Okay, Chris, what about you, Evan Ingram? Uh, haven't upgrade, updated it yet. I had him 15th before the signing, so uh, can't imagine he's going to be 
any higher yeah. than that. Yeah, it's hard to get excited about him. It's impossible to be excited about Darius Slayton. Shepard is only usable as a bench receiver in PPR because I think he can get you the five for 50 with a couple of touchdowns every now and then. Saquon's going to do his thing. Galladay is a top 20 to 25 fantasy receiver. I, th- I like him better in non-PPR than PPR. And Daniel Jones is a sleeper. Saquon Barkley's a stud. Kenny Galladay or Juju? Oh, Galladay for sure. Juju for me, PPR. Galladay, non-PPR. It's Galladay for sure in non-PPR, but I think in PPR, uh, I think I have Galladay higher, but it's not by a lot. Okay, how about how about a guy we never talk about, Tyler Boyd or Kenny Galladay? Galladay and non. I'll take Galladay in both. I think I'll take Galladay. Let me see. I can pull it up. I have Galladay a couple spots higher in PPR and a lot higher in non. How about Brandon Cooks? Yeah, they're pretty far apart in mine. Ten spots apart between Galladay no, I'll take and Cooks Galladay higher. Cooks Brandon or- Cooks and both. Cooks. I've got Galladay higher. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a break. More to talk about when we come back, including Philip Lindsay going to Houston, what this means for David Johnson. Ugh. <laughs> we don't have to talk much about that. <laughs> uh, got I think it's time to really probably just start talking a little bit about Deshaun Watson. It's tough to know what to what to say there, but you know, it's uh it's something. And um Brashad Perryman, with <laughs> a lot to say about him. Keelan Cole to the Jared Cook. I don't think we talked about Jared Cook much, so that's coming wow. up. Wow. Yeah. You are really going to keep people glued to the podcast with emails. those names. We have emails. We have that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And Stick around for the emails, folks. We'll be back. <laughs> Stick around for Jared Cook talk. After this advertisement. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra, Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech... This legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back. 
Jared Cook time. Is there anything else? Well, how about how about the <laughs> Philip Lindsay signing? Uh, David Johnson. Why? <laughs> David Johnson had a really Why? good year. Hey. He's a running back. He's looking for a job. A team offered him a job. Yeah, that's why. He, I mean, I'm sure other teams are going to offer him a job. Why go to a team that's a sinking ship where there's two other running backs there? Money, 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 money. Oh, he got so much money. Well, <laughs> he got something. I, look, was he going to get that from anywhere else? Probably, I guess not. Maybe. Maybe not. The Texans, that's his only option, then kudos to him for taking the only job that was available to him. But, I mean, I can't imagine that was his only job offer. The Texans called up the really Raiders. Weird. <laughs> I, they have wow, signed, he wasn't in the league five years ago. The, the, the Texans have signed so many players to one-year deals, and it's just they're they're, they're in be cap terrible. hell. They're in cap hell, and and they they're know. in hell. Take the word cap out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, how much does he eat into David Johnson's production? Johnson, so he he got hurt really early in one game. If you remove that. He was on pace for 1,400 yards at 10 touchdowns and 48 catches. The catches are a little deceiving. So a third of them came in one game. But that was without Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's not there anymore. So, But the problem is, is they're going to trade Deshaun Watson, and then they're going to have a bad quarterback situation. You have David Johnson, who's still the best running back on the team. You have the second running back who they signed already in Mark Ingram, who has a relationship with the head coach from the previous stop that they were just at in Baltimore. And now you have Lindsey coming into a team that's going to have a bad quarterback situation, a bad team that's not going to score points. They're going to be chasing points all the time. He's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. This is just a terrible situation all around. Jeff Wilson or David Johnson? Wilson. I'll take Wilson. I'll take Mostert yeah, and Wilson so. over Johnson. How yeah, about... Well, actually, you know what? There's an angle to this that I probably should have considered more. Uh, right now, I, 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 I will say this, though. If Deshaun Watson stays, I'll take David Johnson over those guys. Yeah. But I don't see David Deshaun Watson staying. And we don't even know if he's going to be playing. Obviously, we have to see how this situation plays out. David Johnson, um, well, Melvin Gordon's got to be ahead of David Johnson now for he sure. Does. At this point, yeah. See what they do He was there. for me all along. Yeah. How about um, Kareem Hunt or David Johnson? Kareem Hunt. Kareem the dream. Yep. Okay. Johnson's going to be one of those running backs that you'll say, okay, fine. I'll draft him to be my RB2 because I went in a bunch of different directions earlier in the draft. And then you'll feel good about not RB2? drafting Philip Lindsay or Mark Ingram. Yeah, like, so you're saying I load I don't, up I wouldn't somewhere. love to have him as an RB2, but you load up a tight end and quarterback and receiver and maybe took one running back with your first four or five picks and mm-hmm. Johnson's sitting there. Okay, fine. He's a he's a warm body that'll get touches. Okay. Yeah, so we got to see what happens. I mean, there's still some situations where we'll see if they bring in running backs in Miami, um, Pittsburgh, New England, and we'll see where David Johnson ends up in relation to those teams. Uh, not that much more news we really needed to get to. Um, you know, I don't know if, if you guys all had a chance to weigh in on Juju. Jamie, were you on that Juju show? You were not, right? No. Did you like it? Juju back to Pittsburgh? I mean, I think we covered this already, but I I don't hate it. I don't love it. I think it is what it is. You know, I, the only thing I really hate about it is uh, it, it caps the upside clearly for Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Those guys could have had potential monster seasons if it was James Washington as their third receiver or whoever else they would have, you know, put in that spot. Uh, you know, Deontay moving into the slot would have been amazing. Um, just because of his target opportunities. Not that they were bad last year, but they would have been better. 
So, you know, it, it, it doesn't help those guys by any stretch. But I think Juju, again, 97 and 9, what, what he can do in the middle with the yardage will kind of determine how he does. Andy Dalton says that the Bears told him that he will be the starter. The Lions signed Brashad Perryman, and then they have Perryman and, and Tyrell Williams. And look, somebody's going to draft these players. So who do you prefer at Detroit's starting wide receiver right now? Would you go with Perryman or Tyrell? Perryman. Okay. Carolina signed David Moore. The Jets signed Keelan Cole. Does that give you... David Moore is interesting just because there's there's target opportunities there. But I don't think he's draftable. No, 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 no. But we're talking, you know, deep, deep leagues. If he's available in your dynasty league and you have deep rosters, I'd take a chance on him to see what happens. Keelan Cole, $5.5 million. That's not nothing here. Does that tell you anything about Jamison Crowder? It might. A lot of money they have invested in those two guys. Which two? Crowder and Crowder Cole. And Cole. Cole. But they can get away from Crowder's contract. So that might be a move that comes up soon, and they think Cole is the replacement for him. There was actually a decent amount of tight end news. Giants signed Kyle Rudolph two years. Chargers signed Jared Cook one year, $6 million. Houston released Darren Fells. Carolina signed Dan Arnold. Jets signed Tyler Croft. So, uh, Chris, do you have any hope for Jared Cook at this point? I mean, he could default to being a number one tight end, but I, I certainly wouldn't want him to be that guy on my team. I, uh, you know, that team didn't quite throw as much to Hunter Henry as we hoped they would last season. I don't think they're going to throw a bunch to Jared Cook. I thought, was he not second on the team in targets? I mean, that may have been a game split. I think he was Hunter Henry. He might have been second on the team in targets, but it was like 90, I think. 90, 95, yeah, somewhere around there. See, Jared Cook is one of the smartest players after being stuck with Jeff Fisher for that time. <laughs> he went to play with Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Justin Herbert. That's how you... about Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Derek Carr is where he broke out. Yeah. Derek Carr loves throwing his tight ends. Derek Carr as well. Okay. Uh, Evan Ingram or Jared Cook? Cook. I like Cook, especially if he's got a decent week one matchup. Put yeah. him against the Raiders in week one. Put him in against the Chiefs in week one. That'll be a high-scoring game. That'll be some opportunities for him. Okay, offensive line news. The 49ers signed center Alex Mack to a three-year deal. Seattle. Yeah, I like that signing. That's a good signing. Seattle re-signed center Ethan Posick. Uh, Cincinnati signed Riley Reef. Good Love experience that tackle That's a good there. one, too. Yep. I read a lot about Riley Reef when the Vikings released him. He had a good 2020. He had been very up and down. I, I wouldn't look, I know he's kind of a name. Wouldn't look at that as a guy who's going to save their offensive line, but it's an upgrade. Save, it's an upgrade. no. Help, no. yes. It's an, it's an upgrade for them. Miami released Isaiah Wilson. This is the guy they acquired from the Titans. Oof, he had an opportunity, didn't show up. Just didn't show the up, basically. Kid. Yeah, he's got to get his hands. life in order. And they released him, and he went unclaimed. The Patriots signed uh, their center, David Andrews. We didn't think they were going to get him back. Um, but they signed him and Ted Karras. So some interior line help for the Patriots. Plus That's going to end up being a really good offensive line, especially if Trent Brown can stay healthy and Isaiah win. Those tackles stay healthy. That offensive line will be great. They're going to be boring as hell, but they might make the playoffs, those Patriots. <laughs> they might. And the Jets signed center slash guard Dan Feeney. And let me tell you about some teams that are upgrading on defense, man. The the Browns could go from having one of the worst secondaries to one of the best. They took two guys off the Rams. They'll get Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit missed last year. They could be loaded in the secondary. 
And they might not even be the best team that upgraded its secondary. Who am I missing? Jacksonville. Oh, Denver, Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Giants Giants haven't done anything yet. Well, not yet. (laughs) I don't think Adoree Jackson is so special. He helps. He helps. Um, Let's see. Kyle Fuller to the Broncos. Um, They gave up nothing for him. Free agent. Don't know what the Bears were thinking. He's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearing space for Russ. Well, I don't know. Russ who? Not the one in Seattle. But that secondary is going to be good, and they're keeping Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb is still there. That That's a top 12 DST to begin the year, and which the, is scary because they're in the same division as the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, The Vikings. The I just want to point out the Vikings might be pretty good against the run. Last year, Michael Pierce opted out for covid He's really good. He came from he they signed him from the Ravens, so he missed all of last year. He's he's back, and they signed Alvin Tomlinson as a really solid defensive mm-hmm. tackle. So they go from being a joke. Their secondary is going to be much better, and they got Patrick Peterson too. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. So that's another team that's looking those, really those good. Those young guys, Gladney and uh, I forget the other kid, but both those guys are going to get better with Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they've always had good linebackers. That's a defense that's also top twelve. And they play. Oh Jared man, and, I, you think Dalton. so? You, top twelve DST the Vikings. They gotta get. They gotta make sure either Hunter's back and healthy. Yeah. Or address their pass rush. Until that happens, they're not a top twelve DST. Uh, and Jets signed Sheldon Rankins. Jets have been busy, so that could be a nice win for them. Two years, seventeen million. Okay, that's those are some of the big ones there. Tennessee's added a lot of players too. I think they're gonna be better, but they couldn't couldn't get <laughs> they much can't worse. Be worse. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Chris Towers, it's baseball season. Tell us about the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. Yeah, CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. Uh, it's got consensus rankings, consensus salary cap values, ADP data, position-by-position breakdowns, position-by-position strategies, draft day strategies, and, and rules for Scott White, myself, and Frank Stamfel. Uh, some mock drafts, a bunch of stuff going on. So it's, uh, it's quite good, and it's free. Which is, which is, I think, a pretty good value. People love free. Dave, I know you don't know anything about this, so I'm going to... Oh, I'm you gonna, mean just in general? I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> uh, which team do you like better, okay? Which team do you like better? Through four picks in a head-to-head okay. points league. What's a head-to-head points league? You play in one every year. Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rendon, Trevor Bauer, Zach Gallen. Okay, that's, that's one team. I don't even know who Zach Gallon is. Oh, very good. <laughs> no Freeman, idea. Rendon. Well, maybe this is just how many, which team has more players that you know? So Freeman, Rendon, Bauer, and Gallon, or Bogarts, Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, and Brandon Woodruff. You definitely don't know who Brandon Woodruff is. I don't know. No, <laughs> I know who Chris Woodruff is. <laughs> that dude could truck me. So what do you think? Bogarts, Harper, Scherzer, Woodruff? I'm scared to say the one with Bogarts and Harper because I've known those names for a long time. Mm. Oh, they're still good. Chris, okay. which team do you like they're better? Way, they're way better than the guys on the other team. <laughs> the guys on the other team stink. <laughs> Jamie and I have the 11th pick. Chris has the 12th pick. Jamie and I have Freeman, Rendon, Bauer, and Gallon. I actually like your group. I know. I yeah, think- we got a little lucky with, uh, with Rendon. He was definitely going to be your pick if we had let him go. The fun, yeah, the fun I, thing is, is that, so Chris, we text obviously, you know, before our picks or we talk and uh, the, the guessing game of what you're going to do is, is the highlight of our draft right now. I mean, it's, you know, it's not that hard to guess right now. 
Yeah, you just look at my rankings. Right. It's so easy. Well, I mean, like you know, your rankings rounds, are obviously your rankings based in a vacuum. You know, we yeah. you're building a team. So yeah. Um, especially, you know, when you went pitcher hitter, your first two picks. You know, so it was, you know, what, what I were know you him. Do? I know Chris isn't going pitcher pitcher. No, you should really I'm gonna draft a lot of pitchers in the next like five or six rounds. So definitely uh <laughs> you know, definitely don't draft any good hitters. <laughs> you say Zach Gallon or Zach Gowan? Gallon. Oh, Zach Gowan is a professional wrestler, so definitely oh. didn't draft him. G A L L E N. My cousin Vinny, anybody? Okay, let's read some emails. Fantasy football at CBS. <laughs> you got that, Jamie? What? That might be one of your best jokes. Thank ever. you. Well, it's a you know, it's for when you cover fantasy baseball, you've covered Joey Gallo. You make that joke quite a bit. All right. Fantasy baseball, fantasy football at CBSI.com. My bad. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. This is from Reed. What are your thoughts on the Saints quarterback situation as it relates to Dynasty? I drafted Taysom Hill last year to back up Breeze. This was before they signed Jameis Winston. Should I try to trade for Winston? Should I tr- propose trading Hill to the Winston manager? Or just sit tight and hope Hill wins the comp- competition? It is a super flex league. I also have Stafford and Cam, so I'm kind of thin at the position. I think it goes either way. If somebody's going to overpay for Taysom Hill, you absolutely make that trade. And if you can get Jameis Winston cheap, you make that trade as well. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to overpay for Winston just to have both, just because even if Winston does win that job, I I think what we've learned over the last couple of years is Taysom Taysom Hill's still going to have a very annoying role that's going to take away from Jameis Winston. Just, Just put it this way. Even if Jameis is the starter, Sean Payton was taking a Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. off the field for Taysom Hill. What is he going to do when Jameis Winston <laughs> is And I think there? both of them, either of them in this offense, could be top 12 quarterbacks. I just... As, as standalone, if the other guy was on vacation, yes, yeah. I agree with you 100%. But I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to overpay either way. But wait, if... If Jameis wins the job, then, yeah, we can expect Taysom Hill to have a role. But if Taysom Hill wins the job, is Jameis Winston going to have a role? I mean, Taysom Hill's 32 years old, and and he's started four games, so I don't think 31. I don't think it's a... you know, it's, I don't think it's a lock that Jameis won't have an opportunity. Yeah, but, but he's not going to come in. That, but, but, Adam, to your point, that's the scenario you want. Yeah. 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 And by the way, I, I do get a little bothered when people bring up Taysom Hill's age because it's not like he's... A guy who's matter. been in the league that long. He he did a mission, I think, two years at BYU. He kept getting hurt, so he you know he's not old in terms of football. He's not a, a veteran who's it's, just bounced around the league. But, but he relies on his athleticism. It does like, it almost does, entirely. All right. Well, that does fair. matter for this particular question though, because this is a dynasty league, you know. So you got to take that into a certain certain account for that format. Yeah, I guess just just my point is that it's not that he's like a thirty one year old who's been a backup his whole career and he's well he has been, but he hasn't bounced around the league and been. <laughs> and some, he that, he wasn't that great in college. You know, it's not. I don't know. Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, this is from Andre in Winchester, Virginia. Hey, Pumpkin, Honey Bunny, Butch, Vincent, and Jules. Oh, I got it. One of the greatest movies ever. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen the whole thing start what? to finish. I know, oh, it's on the wow. list. Oh, my God. I mean, I've definitely seen it. It's Pulp Fiction, right? Yes. The more I've watched Tarantino movies, the less I like them, but... I'll- that doesn't... I mean... That that's by itself. You could you could say whoever directed it. It's fantastic. A, a ringing mm-hmm. endorsement for Quentin Tarantino movies. <laughs> well, I used <laughs> right. to love them, but they're just a little much, you know. Not that one. 
And I was watching Inglorious Bastards the other day, and it's still it's still amazing. that's uh, that's his best one. Yeah. That movie's I love that one. Love that yeah. movie. I mean, Pulp Fiction resurrected John Travolta. Yeah, Glorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards was definitely the best one. All right, here's the question: I can keep Dalvin Cook for a first round pick or Derrick Henry for a second round pick. I can't decide. I don't have to decide until draft day, and I can't decide until draft day would be different. I could potentially have an yeah, early enough pick to keep Henry and draft Cook if those ahead of me kept their first round picks from last year. Uh, so what would you do, Henry in the second or Cook in the first? But you wouldn't know if the other guys are keeping who they're keeping until after you have to make your decision, presumably. Yeah, sometimes but he, people know. he's going to know his draft position before he has yeah. to make this decision. What's the format? Doesn't say. Because I think that matters. Yeah. yeah. I also think age might matter a little bit here. I don't know that it's a dynasty question. That's true. I think it's just a keeper for next year. I'm probably right. going Henry in round two. Right. I mean, that's just just makes a little more sense to take the value. Yeah, I think if it's non-PPR, that makes it an even easier, easier. call on Henry. Yes, but it if does. it's if it's PPR, I still think I take the value. And it's it's they're they're like I, I guess about a year apart. I don't know exactly when their birthdays are. And let's let's face it: if you're looking in the bag, the wallet that says "badass mf'er" is definitely Derrick Henry and not Dalvin Cook. <laughs> is that a Pulp Fiction joke? Yeah, but there's no ass in that in that line. You know, oh, yeah, bad bad mf'er. I actually have a. I used to have a Pulp Fiction poster in my bedroom. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, my God. I know, God. I know. Of course but At least would. I watched it. Well, no, my he sister bought saw. it for me. <laughs> Adam is absolutely the guy who wears no. the band's T-shirt to a concert. No. Too. First of all, I get on Jamie all the time for using GIFs of The Office when he doesn't watch The Office. So it's very unlike me to do something like that. But I did have my sister bought me a bunch of wall stuff from Target, and that was just happened to be one of them. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> Go to sleep every night with people pointing a gun at you. It was really unsettling. All right, from Reed. Grade the trade. I would be trading Adam Troutman and Deontay Johnson for TJ Hawkinson in Dynasty. Troutman and Deontay for Hawkinson. I think I like the Hawkinson side better because I think he's got a chance to be a a steady fantasy tight end with a chance to be a very good fantasy tight end. And I'm a Troutman fan. I'm a Troutman fan too. I just, I just wonder, is it really going to be this good for Deontay Johnson year after year after year? I mean, the thing with him is like, there are times when Ben Rosberger just like has eyes for nobody else. He'll go through like, there'll be like two or three drives every game where he just consistently hits him five, six times. Um, Well, throws at him. He drops one. (laughs) Right. Throws. Well, he hits him. You know, (laughs) if he cuts his drop rate in half, you know, you're talking about, probably 90 catches, 1,100 yards. I think there is a lot of potential given his role in that offense. And on the other hand, we don't know who his quarterback's going to be in 2022. And that matters. Uh, I was going to say all three of these guys have quarterback changes coming at some point in the near future because Jared Goff is not the long-term answer in Detroit unless he's great, which he could be. Uh, The Saints are going to get a new quarterback at some point. And clearly the Steelers are going to get a new quarterback at some point. They could all get upgrades. They could all get downgrades. So just, I don't think that really matters in this case. I think Goff, it does cut like he's unlikely to be cut until 2023, right? Based on the cap numbers. Maybe. Well, I think as we've seen, as the trade told you, yeah. <laughs> you can move on right. from guys and, and deal with the situation. Um, and thankfully, uh, we appreciate the NFL, the new TV deal. So money should be a little oh, better yeah. for 
everybody. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would probably th- – this is a dynasty team? Yeah, dynasty. DeAndre, Deontay Johnson and Adam Troutman for Hawkinson. Which side would you rather have? But it's dynasty, right? Yep. I think the question becomes if like if your team is is set to win now, I'd rather have Hawkinson. For sure. Okay. They can get away from Goff's deal next year. Cap will go up. They'll save ten million. I think I would stick with the Deontay side, and, and part of that is just, uh, you know, tight ends do tend to ha- peak earlier and have shorter peaks than wide receivers. The 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 peak age historically for tight ends has been right around twenty five, twenty six. Uh, for tight end, for wide receivers, it's 27, 28. Obviously, there are some examples of tight ends, you know, really beating that. But, um, you know, that's only for the really elite ones. Right. You're, the, you're only making this trade if you're counting on Hawkinson to potentially get to that group, which he could. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of contracts, uh, this is kind of underrated news or uh, underrated is not the right word, but they restructured Matt Ryan's contract in such a way that he is probably, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's going to spend the next two years there or there's going to be a serious cap hit. So for Dynasty Leagues, the restructuring of Matt Ryan's contract pretty much likely ties him, nothing's set in stone, to the team for at least the next two seasons. So yes. just something to keep in mind there. He's got a $65 million dead money hit. If he's somehow cut this year, and a forty million dead money hit if right. he's somehow cut in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, I I still think though you're going to see them in the in the draft address the position this year, potentially first may round be, may may not be top ten, but it's funny. It's like there are going to be so many quarterbacks that go in the top ten, and then how you do how do you address the position without investing a first or second round pick? It's so. Position gets overdrafted so severely. Well, I think you know. Uh, I, I I don't. I, I can't tell you certainly how far the Stanford kids are gonna go. You know, Mon's gonna go. Uh, Kyle Trask is gonna go. You know, those type of guys. But you know, you can you can take a chance on one of them and hope that they become something. Yeah, of course. Uh, I know Emery Hunt likes Jim Newman out of Wake Forest as well. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have, have a great Monday. Outros are awesome. Bye. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.